0: As we wrap up niche, Vember, a uh, friend of a show, Katie O'Bright comes on the program, talks about her little corner of the profession. Katie, no stranger to doing things a little bit different, is uh, a PTpreneur, a PT entrepreneur and educator. She runs uh redefined health education. This is a niche that's been starting to blow up in the last couple of years, is the future of continuing education, right? Where you get that lifelong learning that we always talk about. Katie's an orthopedic physical therapist and cash-based practice owner. She, uh, she took a little bit of a, a, a twist with the, uh, the, the COVID lockdown and uh, reinvented what she did and how she did it. So she's doing some really, really cool and different stuff as she talks about her niche in this profession. I wanna say thanks to some sponsors keeping the show on the air. Your CBD store, get the ABCs of CBD, that website getsunmed.com and uh, ask yourself this is it time for a better emr you're frustrated well it's time for something customizable mw therapy delivers a modern all-in-one outpatient emr with the built-in patient portal marketing automations and billing features you want at a great value you need mwtherapy.com is where you can find those guys plus Jackson Therapy Partners, providing awesome adventures in patient care for physical therapists who care about where they're going. Visit them online at jacksontherapy.com. Let's get on with it as we wrap up Niche November here on PT Pinecast.
1: We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This is the PT Pinecast.
0: Episode, are you ready to do this thing?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep.
0: Yes. Say it. I want you to like say it with- like, Yes. There we go. I wanted you to give me a yes because I knew we were here. All right, welcome to PT Pinecast. We like to say uh, great physical therapy conversations on tap. No pressure, Katie, but you are the anchor for Vember. You are the last niche in Vember. So no pressure for you katie welcome back to the show is this your fourth i i I don't do the math well i mean you've been on the show multiple times you were one of my first 25
1: (laughs) thanks for having me number one number two i'm really excited to be the anchor for niche member that's awesome um and i think like it's funny that this is uh, a niche episode because i'm going to sort of spin it in a way that it really should apply to lots of different people, in lots of different settings. So it's a niche thing. Maybe it's a trendy topic or a hot topic, but. um.
0: Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that is, is this, uh, so I mentioned this several times this month, this thing, this idea of niche-vember started with a tweet. I remember just being like, that's, every once in a while I bump into someone who's doing something like, I'm like, ah, that's a cool spin. Mm -hmm. And that is where my brain goes. I love when you put two things together, like, I don't know, physical therapy and radio DJ. And I love when you like put those things together and it's from that Christmas movie, uh, the, the Claymation, the Island of Misfit Toys. It's like, <laughs> why is it a water gun that shoots jelly or whatever? Like, I don't know, but hang on a second. What if? What, where does this go? And I tweeted, like, what's your niche? Thinking I'd get two or three people being like, here's what I do. And I'd go, and, and it was going to be like, that's cute. That's cool. I think Fun to know. Let's share that. And then after a while, I started to pick up steam, and I was like, there's a lot of stuff here. Let's share these things. Um, and then we had a discussion within the team, Bridget and Juliet, they where they honestly ask like well how do you define a niche and i'm like oh man now i need to be like i'm like you know a niche and they're like no no you need to define it and i'm like narrow and then like somebody like texted in the group like what the definition of niche is like is that too niche like uh, we were talking about oncology like is that too big to be considered a niche and then i pushed back i'm like well running pt is a niche even though it's pretty widespread and a lot of people know about it I'm like that is a niche so i was like i don't know I don't, so how would you define if I threw this out to you? Uh-huh. What a neat ni- like what a niche area of PT practice because like, you're gonna you're gonna go with it then you're gonna flip it.
1: I would think that a niche area would be something that is uh, a little bit more specific, a, a smaller population, maybe, um, which some parts of primary care PT could be considered niche because they're not widespread yet, mm-hmm. but they should be. Well,
0: I, th- um, I feel like even though running PT, like people would even question it. Like, you're a running PT. Oh yeah, it makes sense. PT and running. But it's a very specific per, uh, avatar, a person, someone who p- people very much. I I am a runner, or I am very much not a runner. People will say like, I am only a runner when I am chased, right? You. So it's almost like they define them. The audience defines themselves. Not only the audience of of running pts using that example but also the people that they treat right you feel like it's 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 narrow but it doesn't it's narrow in the fact that it's like a narrow scope but not necessarily a number in that way
1: right because like using the example of running pt you could be a running pt for marathon runners or okay. ultra runners versus sprinters versus uh, weekend you know,
0: warriors children, just kind of, who <laughs> children
1: who run it could be a lot of different things
0: as so. we, as we release these niche member episodes people who run for office different mm-hmm. type of running that would be very niche oh my gosh so how would you sorry padumcha do I have my rim shot here <laughs> there we go Political advertisements. Uh, we're taking the uh, <laughs> we're taking the ad noise here. And- oh,
1: how timely! Two weeks before the election.
0: <laughs> so, how would you um, define your niche? That's how I'm starting off uh, these. And your your niche is is what? Uh, let everybody know what it is, and then how would you sort of explain it?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, I would explain. So, my niche is in primary care physical therapy or primary care therapy, and. Primary care is a big definition, and the, the formal definition really is um, integrated access across a variety of professions and professionals who treat patients' primary needs. And that has evolved from just being primary care physicians and medical providers like the gatekeeper model to being more of a team. And so my big thing, so my big thing is primary care PT, which involves a lot of different subcomponents, but one of my most, um, the thing that I'm the most passionate about is team-based integrated primary care practice, meaning a a PT, a physician, a behavioral health specialist, nursing, all working together in a co-located setting. Um, And that's an area that I'm the most passionate about, and I would like to see that just blow up over the next 10 years.
0: I feel like all your advertising for this should be related to a joke. It should be a PT, a nurse, and a rabbi walk into a bar. And then that's <laughs> how you advertise it. People will get used to, you don't have to explain the paradigm. It's like, yeah, three people get put into a situation and something's about to happen. Uh-huh. Why is this niche important? Like, why is it? I mean, I could tell in your voice and on your face as we record the live stream, like, you're like, this is important because, and then how would you fill that blank?
1: Okay. I'll tell you, uh, there's really three main reasons why this is important. The first reason is the vast majority of patients that really should be working with a physical therapist, never end up seeing a physical therapist. It's estimated like seven to 14% of, um, individuals with, uh, neuromusculoskeletal and or functional complaints ever even end up seeing a physical therapist. So that's a problem in and of itself especially because there's over 300,000 PTs in the country and we are all, you know, I'm speaking primarily to outpatient PTs right now. Most of us are functioning in a siloed physical therapy clinic, meaning we're in a physical therapy clinic. Most of the patients we see are referred from other providers um, and we are surrounded by PTs and that's all we ever do is PT all day, every day, and um, we're around each other. That model of care is slowly dying. And let me explain. So <clears throat> if we work in a healthcare system where we're primarily functioning and, and paid for our time on from insurance companies, third-party payers on this fee-for-service model, we've been trying to squash it for like two two or three decades, we've been trying to go towards value based payment and I we're not much closer. So we're still functioning on this fee-for-service model.
0: Minute for minute, hour for hour, building. minute
1: for minute, hour for hour. It's getting worse and worse and worse over time. And another, um, so, so from a payment perspective alone, you're seeing PTs that are getting burnt out at more accelerated rates because um, they're not getting paid enough and they're not getting raises appropriately. So
0: something else, and that burns the candle at both end. amongst other things, not being fulfilled. We can get deep in there.
1: Yes, exactly. And Another thing, too, is when we work in these these siloed clinics, we get also get reimbursed at lower rates yes. um, when they are kind of at their on their own PT clinics. That's a bad thing. That's not a good thing for the PT profession, No, um, but it is a reality of the system, unfortunately. So if we shift that model and if we take the PTs that are just in the PT clinics, And we move a PT in, you know, one PT for every two or three primary care physicians or primary care providers. Then, and then we start billing for our care there. First of all, we're going to start seeing more patients that we should be seeing. So, and we're going to eliminate the patient's wait times that don't need to see us. So when you take a PT out of a, and you put them into a co-located primary care practice, the primary care physician and primary care nurse practitioner, PA, whatever, they can consult with you on any of their musculoskeletal or um, I, I shouldn't just say musculoskeletal because really this also encompasses population health issues right. where a PT could be influencing the care of people with, you know, first diagnosed with diabetes, hypertension, obesity, um chronic stroke, like all of these other things where we know that exercise and movement is impaired and exercise is important. If we start to leverage that up at that first point of contact, then we will probably see our workforce do a whole lot better over time than if we continue functioning in the traditional models like we are today.
0: We're waiting to be handed something. Right. We're waiting to, by all means, what it's, it's, um you could be a, a a farmer or a hunter nothing's bad about either but if you farm too much and there's nothing left to farm you're gonna go hungry
1: right exactly so this, is, this
0: is joining up with other people who are also hunting or being proactive i don't want to call it hunting that sounds pretty negative but let's call it being proactive mm-hmm. and you're saying Let, let's not do this alone you want to do this with other healthcare providers yes. you mentioned siloed uh, there so why is that aspect of it really important
1: so I've interviewed a number of um, a number of care professionals who have had the opportunity or f- you know physical therapists that have had the opportunity to work in co-located practice settings or maybe they're not co-located but it truly is a collaborative and integrated model where they're communicating on a regular basis about patients that they see together. And the patients or the um, the physical therapists and the physicians and other care professionals that I've spoken with have said that this has leveraged their practice like you wouldn't believe so being co-located is really important because not only do you have that that real quick those those touch points with individuals just in passing mm-hmm. um, but you also i remember when i was in um, when i was in a primary care clinic when i was in the army there were things that i wasn't even thinking of in my pt wow. brain you know we think that we learn every aspect of everything in pt school and we don't we are a very small piece of the puzzle and, but just by having, you know, a PA or a physician that I could just walk up and ask a couple questions to, you, and they help me reframe my thinking. I'm like, okay, totally, totally understand where you're coming that. from and what you're doing and vice versa. There were, there were cases where, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. um, the medical providers were thinking a certain way. And I was like, well, it could be simpler than that. It could just be this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it really leverages your practice so much when you are working together another reason why this is really important is because i feel like especially when i was first coming out of pt school and my first couple of years of practice i really thought that um you know it was like kind of like pt against everyone else and like everybody has their own reason for being like this is why my profession is awesome and i'm gonna you know we we do this and that and we're we're awesome and then they have the same the same thoughts and feelings towards other healthcare professionals AIE this is why chiropractors stink and this is why um you know I would never refer to a
0: It's all the isms. It's, it's all, all the isms.
1: isms. And and it's like actually if we all just start working together you will you will notice and you will start seeing that we will have more champions for physical therapy and physical therapists. No. Correct. We will have less opposition when we go to advocate for our profession. Correct. Um for, you know, practice act change. um I mean, when I was up at Bellin, so Bellin Health has one of these integrated primary care programs. And I did a site visit up there. And I remember like I pulled some of the physicians aside and I interviewed them separately. And I just said, I just said, so what do you think? Like, what, what are your serious thoughts about PTs being up here with you guys? And they were like, it's the best thing ever. Like we can't, we can't live without them because there was a period of time where they had like during COVID where the PTs sort of had to like pull out and you right. know conserve cost and blah blah blah. Right. Um, and they were lost. They kept like running up and down the stairs trying to figure out like, oh, you know, we had PT with us and they they handled so much of a. So a, yeah.
0: So this makes me think. So I go back to: Are you familiar with Marcus Limonis. No. He's the prophet. So he does a great show. It's almost like Bar Rescue, but it's one dude. And he doesn't yell as much. All right. <laughs> And if you listen to the show frequently, you'll hear me bring him up. And he has these three Ps. I also love things that come in threes, like three bears, three Stooges, three amigos. Right. Mm-hmm. So he has people, product, and process. So Marcus always says, people, people call him just like bar rescue, like Marcus, my building's my my business is gonna go under. And then he shows up and he will either invest his own money. So it's also a mix of shark tank. He's like shark tank and bar rescue. Mm-hmm. And he shows up and you watch what he does. He does his magic trick in plain sight. And he's like, I look for these three things, only these three things. Are these things green or red? Are they bi- They're binary? Are they functioning or not functioning? And if so, if not, why? He's like, it's always one of these three things. If you're calling me, you have a problem. And if you have a problem, it's in one of these three domains, people, product, process. So he'll meet the people. And he's like, dude, this boss is toxic. I can't, you know, we gotta figure out why fix the person. It sounds like in your paradigm, I'm getting somewhere. It sounds like in your paradigm, the people are not the issue. Right? Like when we get together, we all love each other Mm -hmm. for the most part. Mm -hmm. When you hang out with a chiropractor, are you ever like giving them the stink eye? Most of the the time, you're like, hey, this person's pretty cool. But when you look at them from afar, you're like, oh, these these chiropractors, our profession as a whole, it's it's the world, right? But individually, these people are probably, most of them anyway, not bad. So it sounds like in your paradigm, it's not a people uh, problem. Next is product. What are we producing? Well, Mm -hmm. you just said when you were asking the primary care people like how do you feel about pts it wasn't just how are the people it was what do they provide is Mm -hmm. what they provide valuable is it of of value does it help and they said overwhelmingly yes it sounds as if and you mentioned this a few times and i love when themes show up without us knowing it's a process issue Mm -hmm. you mentioned we're siloed we're in it in the way that we're set up right now this will not improve dot Mm -hmm. dot dot unless the process changes or Really, this is the proximity, but it's how things are set up. So how do we, I mean, no, no, no easy question to Katie, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) How we change this one.
1: I'm going to, I'm going to backtrack for just a second here. So people, so you said people, product, process, people can be the problem. Okay. Because if, because in order to set up a program like this or an operation like this, you have to have buy-in of the key stakeholders. Usually Absolutely. it's like a chief medical officer, it's your PT chief, it's your whoever. So you have to make sure that those people are on your side because you 100%. will not get anywhere Correct. if your your mission doesn't speak to their mission and they don't see it from, from your eyes. And yes. even in a, a podcast episode that I just recently did with, um, with, uh, with the Bellin Group, one of the things that they said was... You know, they they actually had very good success in two of their sites, but then they tried it out in another site and it wasn't so great, maybe because one of the the top people yeah, in the clinic-
0: Marcus would go, what is it? Right.
1: Was not super fond of PTs being there. So. Right that is actually a huge thing. And one of the things that we that I come across consistently with places that have been successful is the very first thing that they do is they develop a relationship, a good relationship with the key stakeholders. Got it's you. not about us just charging in and being like, we're gonna change this and PTs belong in primary care it's, it's about developing relationships.
0: It's show versus tell. I just did a talk right. with, um, Nazareth college PT students. It was like a panel. We zoomed in or whatever. and It was like three people with weird backgrounds. I always get called to be on the panel for people with weird backgrounds. Go mm-hmm. figure. And I said to the students after two or three questions, I was like, you are going to hate all my answers <laughs> because they're all eventually when you boil them down, I say, when you reduce the fractions, I'm like, they're going to be people. Like, how do I level up my, I want to be a sports PT for a pro sports franchise. And I'll be like, people, and like, what do you mean? I'm like, we're going to go through this thing, Mm -hmm. but we're going to begin and end with people. You and your answer is ultimately people. So you're 100% right. The only way you get anything done is if you show, not just tell, and definitely don't bully or yell. That doesn't work.
1: Right. It does not.
0: The people that can make change, Uh show them how together we could improve something we could improve something and make something better that all. And then you follow it up with that also aligns with your goals.
1: Right? Exactly. If so I you have talk to you about
0: me, you don't want to hear me. Go ahead. You
1: have to make it very clear to whoever you're talking about that needs to be you know, convinced one way or the other. You have to make it clear that you want to alleviate the burden off of their primary care providers so that their patients get better treatment quicker. It is all about the patients and making you making their life easier sure not only the patients but the providers in the primary care clinic
0: so when you when you when you get to the stage and i love quoting other people because why should jimmy say it when someone else said it better sure. at you know adam grant do you read adam any adam grant stuff or just his twitter feed he's great he's, i
1: don't read or, or, social listen or scientist guy. Enough.
0: <laughs> he works at Penn, so it's an ivy league school so they must be smart over there or something i don't know I went, to like ivy, I went to a poison ivy school he has this idea or he goes through research and he boils it down. He's like, people typically try to do one of three things and it doesn't work when you try to get idea or behavior change. Uh-huh. And they're the three, I love threes, the three P's, mm-hmm. And it is preaching, politicking, or a uh, preacher, politician, or prosecuting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he, we can go deep. We won't do it now. He, he explains what it means and then why it doesn't work. And he goes, your job in any situation should be to act like a scientist my goal is to present you enough evidence i'm going to give you all the ingredients to make a thing to do an experiment it is a hundred percent though on you i I can lead the horse to water but the horse is only going to drink if they're willing and able right and that's where but but crap katie that sounds like it's not going to happen overnight and it's Mm -hmm. not going to you know it they might not ever agree and that sucks but unfortunately i think that is that is the way to quote the Mandalorian. I'm doing a lot of quotes today.
1: <laughs> you you are, you're doing a lot of quotes and you're doing a lot of P's. So.
0: P's, people probably, oh yeah, his, <laughs> his, his as well. I didn't notice that.
1: So the second, I'll, I'll talk about the second P I'll just the briefly, second. the product, which the product is not as, as simple as you would think it is because if we are talking about an integrated team-based primary care model, the PT does have to shift their focus a little bit. You're, you're, a PT might be used to doing an evaluation for 45 to 60 minutes or even longer than that where they can really look at everything related to that patient's problem and then have time to, you know, educate and do some treatments and, you know, come up with all of that. When you shift the focus and you start working as a consultant in a team-based primary care setting, you may only be seeing this patient for 15 to 30 minutes total. Okay. Um, and you know the, the the primary care physician may have already done something, and then they come out to you and say, "Hey, I think that this is what's going on. I, I want you to go and take a look. Let me know what you think." So they might, you might, you might be able to piecemeal some of the stuff that they did to with some of the stuff that you're planning on doing. And your primary responsibility in that setting is to make sure that the patient is triaged appropriately. Do they need PT or not? Are they okay to have some self care? Um, sort of an education or a home exercise program to start with. Maybe they just need a little bit of reassurance. Maybe they don't need you at all and they need imaging and to go to ortho, or maybe they need to go to the emergency department. Your, your job is to come up with that uh, in a brief way that is effective where your education strategies and your treatment strategies, let's say you give them a few very good detailed exercises because let's, let's face it, anything more than two or three home exercises mm-hmm. isn't effective anyway for any circumstance. Right. Um, let's say you give them a couple of those things. You have to make sure that you're doing a much better job, um, by supplementing what the primary care physician is doing in that setting. So, so that's the product that is a little bit different. It's a little bit of a shift from what PTs are normally used to. So They're how,
0: Mm-hmm. so how do you get pts to shift their mindset in this situation because you just you gave me something that i don't do and i'm using air quotes on a podcast is mm-hmm. that you know we do it this way mm-hmm. so how that's got to be an important component of it right pts have to act in a different way that maybe we're not used to
1: mm-hmm. so i i won't say it's it's it, it shouldn't be in a way that we're uh that we're not used to i think that everybody should be um always doing comprehensive systems reviews with every patient that they see, um, to ensure that you can set up referrals appropriately and, or making sure that that patient is appropriate for you. Um, but I think that there is a little bit of a shift because in traditional clinics, there's a, there's more of a focus on the treatments and the treatment session than there is. Right. This is the, this is the, you are determining differential diagnosis and you, if you do, if you do that more accurately right at the start, you're going to have a much better outcome for for this patient for the long run. Um, let's say that patient, in contrast, just saw a primary care physician. They were going in to see their physician for an annual visit, and they were like, "Oh, by the way, I have this this knee pain that I've been having. Um, you know, and it just started a week ago, and it's just kind of bothering me." Um, so maybe the primary care physician already spent. 45 minutes doing a, a, a well check with them. And they're like, okay, well, you have the knee pain. Let's go to physical therapy. You know, they're not limping or, you know, showing any significant red flags. Well, maybe they get referred to physical therapy and it takes three weeks for them to get an appointment. And maybe by that point, so like, if you can do a really good job right at that very first visit, then... You will probably save yourself and that patient a whole lot of time and money and hassle and struggle. The way that we get PTs to shift their mindset is if they're going to be working in this type of setting, Mm -hmm. um, it's possible that they might need some some additional training to learn how to appreciate and understand that model. Now, there are a couple of different developing residency programs. Most of them are within the VA. There's one that has a primary care focus. It's a fellowship at, at Kaiser Permanente. But I think you're going to see a whole lot more of these pop up over the next 10 to 15 years, um, because I think that this model will be a huge game changer, not only for PT practice, but also for you know healthcare in general.
0: Before we go on, I want to make sure I'm a good podcast host. You mentioned several times that you interviewed people. Uh, make sure you give a plug to your own podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. absolutely. So, um, I had a pot. I had this. I started up this podcast, which was hilarious. Um, like I don't know, kind of pandemic. So 2020, and some I had people, a couple. Some
0: people, some people had, uh, you know, uh, uh, bread and baked bread and started, you know, doing their You started a podcast.
1: I started a podcast. I started redefine health education. The podcast is the redefine health ed podcast, and I just reignited it. Um, mm-hmm. finally in September of this year, 2022, um, with a primary care series. And so I've been talking to just having great little informal chats with people that are actually practicing in these models so that other people can learn, okay, I like, I like this style. Like this seems like a really good fit for our health setting. Cause everybody, while they're doing these things, um, while they are doing integrated models they're all doing it a little bit differently and there's a lot of different variables and components about making the operation successful so that's why i why i am doing that
0: sharing information all right so you said there were three things you wanted to get into we've talked about two so far what's the third
1: well now i can't even remember what the first two were so we i mean we talked so people product process i'll just kind of focus on that so the the product which you may need to do some additional training and systems review and comprehensive medical screening and in just kind of taking, if you're if you work in an outpatient orthopedic clinic, just taking that part of your brain and shifting it over to a more medical viewpoint where if you have a patient who's coming in for shoulder pain, your very first thing you're thinking of is the heart and the lungs and the cervical spine. And, you know, making sure that there's nothing coming from any of those organs. Same thing with the GI system. Um, And if you're not sure about getting yourself equipped with that, there are lots of different resources. And I just happen to have a Foundations for Primary Care PT uh, course, um, and we'll be all over the country next year. So um, if you want to learn more about that, about how to just get those fundamental clinical components up to speed. then definitely I I have a coupon code, which I'll share at the end here.
0: But the final- too, We'll put it in the the show notes, the notes that come along. next.
1: Perfection. So the final thing, which you hit the nail on the head process is the biggest barrier. It's very difficult to change culture and to change what people know to be true. In fact, when I first, um, my very first clinical rotation as a student was in an outpatient orthopedic clinic. Um, And it was pretty typical. You know, you see, you get, you you maybe have a couple of evals a day, but mostly treatments. And, you know, it's just kind of this, in my opinion, a a big long grind that in me created a lot of burnout. Um, That was in contrast to what I, some of the clinical rotations and some of the work that I did when I was in the army, which actually was really, really great for me. Um, And I think that a lot of times PT students in school, they learn all of the right things to be doing as far as medical screening, as far as like, okay, if this patient has, you know, positive, I don't know, like Canadian C spine rules, let's order an x-ray or let's facilitate ordering an x-ray. But then you get into your your actual clinical rotations and you're seeing how PTs are practicing. And you know, maybe they they're working under this safety blanket of. Oh, this patient was referred so they've already been screened by a physician so i don't have to do any of that stuff you are dead wrong you are so dead wrong because i can't even tell you the number of time the probably the biggest red flag cases that i've ever had on my panel um have been referred cases hmm. so you should be practicing this across the board no matter what but it's learning if you go from the, from what you learn in PT school to what you see on your clinical rotations, and then you sort of get absorbed into the model of care that you see happening around you, you might be taking a step back. And so it's changing the culture of what we know and understand to be physical therapy care. Um, so that people can practice sort of in a, in a, in a slightly different capacity where you might not be the patients that you're evaluating in your primary care clinic they might not be a patient that you keep on your panel for four to six weeks or, you know, whatever your clinic says that you should. (laughs) Hopefully your clinic is not dictating this to you. I've had this dictated to me. So I just want to make that clear. Those patients might be patients that you see because you're rotating through the primary care clinic and then you have a separate caseload. So it's all about redefining I'm using my, uh, my business title and that's why I called it as it's all about redefining what that looks like, what the operation looks like, what the culture looks and feels like, um, and so on and so forth. So, those so you're are my trying three. to
0: make sure that you never in, in the future, you never come back on niche member again, because you'd like this to be more spread. You'd like this to not be necessarily niche. Um, but I think you, I think you hit, I think you, you identified the the barrier because I like to say, I ask people, hey, what's the barrier to this niche becoming more widespread? And there's been different answers this month. And yours is a difficult one as a lot are. And it typically comes in process and it typically comes from culture. And it typically comes from something like inertia. Like you want me to do more right now or something different? I, I need to change or this whole, that sounds like a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to oversimplify it, but a lot of times it comes down to that. Things don't change because we are what, what did Homer Simpson say? Well, he said a little bit different. He said alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of that problems. <laughs> I amended it. I said people, the cause of, but solution to all of life's problems. You need the right people who are communicated the right things to hopefully create the right culture.
1: Totally. And I think that by doing this, I I felt such a um I felt so vibrant when I was working in a primary care setting compared to when I was ever, you yeah. know, just in a regular PT clinic. Um, it lit my fire working with patients and other healthcare professionals in that capacity. Um, what was-
0: did that get rid of?
1: Burnout. Uh, burnout. So, and there's actually a, pa- there's papers on this. So one of the, one of the papers that I was looking at recently compared just, you know, usual care to a multidisciplinary type setup. And one of the, the one of the factors, you know, of course they looked at patient satisfaction and outcomes, but they also looked at provider satisfaction oh, big. and provider satisfaction in yeah. the multidisciplinary care teams was substantially better.
0: When I can see what I'm doing is... A good thing and I feel like I'm contributing to that thing. People do that thing harder and longer and feel happier about it. And they want to do that. They're they're not, they're not looking for the door. Mm-hmm. When you put it like that, it's like, well, yeah, duh. I, you know what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to bring back duh. Remember duh? Duh was big in the nineties.
1: Duh was good.
0: Duh was good. Duh. Duh. Uh, duh. Of course, when you put it like <laughs> that, it works. All right. So I've been asking everybody this too. Uh, what does your niche? Uh what would success be to you five years from now? So, hey, it's, you know, we jump in a DeLorean, we hit 88 miles an hour or five years from now. And when you get out, what does success look like? If you get out and you start taking a look at your niche, it looks like what?
1: I have a different answer for that depending yeah. on, so you said five years. Five years from now, I would love to see where... um so this is where I'll plug my role in the education the primary care special interest group. So there is a, for APTA members there's a primary care special interest group. It in is what, currently housed in the, it's currently housed in the APTA federal. Oh okay. And because for 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 good reason because initially all of the primary you know integrated know. primary care setups were in you know military and VA clinics. Now it is becoming a lot more widespread. Um, So if you want to join the APTA federal, I think it's only $25 and then you can join our SIG. No big deal. Um, But, oh man, what was I, five years from now. now. So five years from now, the primary, like I'm hoping that the primary care SIG that we can, so I'm the education chair now. I'm hoping that we can um, establish, um, Ashley Castle is working really hard on a description of specialty practice and a, a board certification for oh, primary care.
0: That's cool. So
1: instead of instead of, you know, being an orthopedic specialist or a neurospecialist or whatever, there's actually hopefully fingers crossed ABPTS please keep us going. Um we will have a an actual special a clinical specialty for primary care and it's going to focus on um uh leveraging your clinical capacity across the spectrum at a at a primary care level. Um, so that includes, you know, competencies in all of the different practice areas, but also in things like wellness promotion, um, and just like, uh, us, us as PTs addressing those big population health issues, like hypertension and diabetes. So I hope that that will come to fruition. My second hope is that we'll see some actual residency. you know, that will be a catalyst to more residencies and fellowships that have these integrated primary care models so and in. i also i'm aware of maybe maybe eight um civilian primary integrated primary care teams i'm a- that i'm aware of there could be more out there that i'm just still trying to you know if, if you're one of those people and you're in those no. clinics and, and i'm not aware of you please let me know because i'm writing a manuscript and trying to get get this information out even more um but i want to see more residencies and fellowships that are geared towards this type of this type of model in this type of setting so that's the yeah. five-year plan
0: i like it mm-hmm. that's cool and that's smart um last thing oh what, no we have a tradition on a show called three questions are you ready to do three questions
1: <laughs> oh i guess so
0: you, you guess so <laughs> All right. Three questions uh, on the uh, the show brought to you by Jackson Therapy Partners, providing awesome adventures in patient care for physical therapists who care about where they're going. Hashtag travelpt. Check them out online at jacksontherapy.com. So the first question on uh, three questions is who is someone the audience should follow to learn more about this? You can't say yourself because that's an obvious answer. But who's someone that you're like, oh, yeah, if you're looking for more information who is a person you'd be like, this person's a great source of info.
1: Seth Peterson. I mean, oh, yeah, hundred percent. So Seth, um, Seth puts out some really good information and he actually has his own primary care course as well. Um, but he puts out a lot of really good information on Twitter and Facebook. Um, he owns the movement brainery. Yeah, yeah. If I can just say one more person, it would be uh, Rebecca Griffith, who yeah. is um, the owner of the new, the E D D P um, and so her big her bigger focus is uh, more emergency. on integrating PTs into the emergency department.
0: If you missed that episode, she was earlier this month in Niche Member. We had Rebecca.
1: Perfection. O'Keefe.
0: Look at that. We call that cross promotion. <laughs> really smart. Uh, what is something the audience should take a look at if they want to take a deeper dive? Is Would you send them there for a resource? Is there something to download, to read, to watch? Where would you send someone if they're like, you got me, I want more?
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, I I would say my website so redefinehealthed.com dot slash primary care PT. Um, on that web page, there's um, access to a number of different resources. Um, I think there's also a link to our free resources. So my blog, um, the the podcast, um, and then I have a whole bunch of papers. Um, and we're uh, the 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 AP the primary care SIG is um, sort of re um, revamping the, uh, the, the research, the accessible research to members. Um, so if you wanted to learn more just from a strictly, you know, reading, uh, standpoint from journal articles and stuff, you can go to, um, the APTA federal's website, um, slash primary care Saying I'm not sure exactly, but we can, I'll, sh- I'll link to that in the show notes maybe.
0: They'll search it up as They'll the kids these days. Exactly. I didn't know. The first time I heard that, I was like, "What does that mean?" Like, it means Google it. I was like, "Oh God." Uh, third question. It's 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 like a, a just plain wrong statement. Why should people care about this particular niche? It'd be just plain wrong. Like, why why should why should people care about this?
1: Because you might not be seeing it but it's seeing you. And I, that is a quote actually from Barb Stevens who teaches in the, um, the Bellin fellowship. So I did a year of the Bellin fellowship and I, I heard that. And I was just like hundred percent because earlier in my career, I even remember some of the cases where I looked back at the chart reviews after I had worked with a patient and I was just like, Oh my God, like I was treating something and I was missing it. Wow. And I think if you are not functioning in that way, you a hundred percent, if you have all of the patients that you see or have seen, there's stuff that you're missing. People, people are desaturating while they're just walking around your clinic. And if you don't have a pulse oximeter on their finger and you're not tracking that, Especially if they have pulmonary issues, then there's a problem with that.
0: All right. Uh, That's three questions again brought to you by our friends from Jackson Therapy Partners, providing awesome adventures in patient care for physical therapists who care about where they're going. JacksonTherapy.com. Last thing we do on the show is the parting shot. Not your first rodeo with the parting shot, Katie. So the parting shot brought to you by our friends from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them at OrthoPT.org, their industry profession leading current concepts of orthopedic PT in the fifth edition available. Now, Uh, I say it's the perfect roadmap to get you from wherever you are in your career. If you want to be confident and competent to take that OCS exam, why not just do it with the leaders in OrthoPT? So again, find current concepts amongst other great independent study courses at orthoPT.org. So your last chance for a mic drop moment or a soapbox statement, Katie O'Bright is yours. What is your parting shot?
1: I think that in primary care PT, it's it's really about us just integrating into primary care for the benefit of our patients so that they can get better outcomes, and better care quickly, and we can provide those services right at the first point of care. So if we can get this model of care to be accelerated on a on a much faster rate, I think mm-hmm. it's going to save our profession from the downward spiral that we're already in. It's going to give more life to PTs that are already experiencing burnout. And it's going to perhaps take care of a lot of the population health issues that we are experiencing that need benefit or that will see benefit from exercise and from lifestyle modification, which we can offer. So I feel really passionate about that. And I just hope that, um, I hope that people really take this to heart.
0: Katie O'Brien, appreciate you coming on here. Niche Vember five years from now, we're going to look back at this. So we're going to measure, we're going to see what those things are. That's how the internet, the internet's got the greatest uh, memory in, 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 of all. We're going to look back on this five years from now.
1: I think you're going to see a lot of good things things happening in this
0: space. You did your first interview with me in 2015. It's now 2022. Did you think I'd still be doing this damn thing? I didn't.
1: Yes. Did. (laughs) 100%.
0: I like your faith in me. Uh, Katie, appreciate uh, you coming on the show and anchoring niche member for us. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: All right. Uh, The best conversations happen at happy hour. Thanks for coming to ours. geriatrics, pediatrics, sports, and neurology, as well as a neurologic OT fellowship, a competitive OMPT fellowship, and a speech therapy clinical fellowship. Therapists that complete a residency or fellowship through the Brooks IHL will markedly advance their knowledge and skills in a specialty area of practice. Learn more about how a residency or fellowship can help you advance your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet, P.T. Pine.
1: we talk pt drink beer and record it this has been another pour from the pt pinecast the pt podcast is intended for educational purposes only no clinical decision making should be based solely on one source while care is taken to ensure accuracy factual errors can be present more on the show at ptpinecast.com